0: Good evening, you're watching Stockwatch with me, Zanati Guma, and joining me to unpack your stock related questions tonight are Greg Katzenell and Bogan from Sunlime Investments and Jean-Pierre Verstappen from, from Protea Capital Management. Uh, be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thank you so much for your time, gents. I've been away for a week and I come back to a bloodbath. Uh, Greg, what has happened from the last time I was in studio on Wednesday <laughs> up until now? <laughs>
1: sure. I was hoping you could tell me today was uh, one of the days where, you know, I saw that the, the dollar was uh, stronger. But I think it's just this battle between, you know, um, whether um, the U.S. is heading for a soft landing or not and what, uh, and if not, whether it will go into recession, when it will go in, into recession. But today, all our precious metals came off quite sharply and um, then, of course, you had, uh, you know, iron ore was down, base metals were down. So that affected um, certainly our resource stocks. But that selling sort of uh, gathered momentum in the afternoon once the U.S. came came on board. Yet it, it's quite strange because the U.S. market is actually trending up. And yeah. um, so a lot of that sentiment um it's you know it's it didn't improve it at the end so i just think that there's worries about uh you know there's a battle between people who think there'll be a soft landing that the fed is i think things were exacerbated a bit by one or two of the fed uh, members saying that uh, you know you need to keep interest rates higher for longer and people had started pricing in an interest rate cut coming maybe as early as June next year, and um, that might not be the case. So generally a pretty tough day for our market. And I saw other markets like the London and that were only slightly down, and Germany as well. So South Africa particularly um, took a hard hit, despite the fact that the RAND also weakened.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting point that you make there, uh, Greg, is that um, you know, even with the, the U.S. markets coming back online, that still didn't help the JSC. And I'm also wondering, JP, if it has also anything to do with the mixed data that we saw out of China that, that hammered our resources today.
2: Uh, well, I missed that data, Zanati. I did see that the Hong Kong shares this morning were down quite sharply. And we do know that uh, not necessarily the data point that I missed today. But if yeah. you look back to the last few months, the data points in China has been weak. Uh, and they have been weak uh, to a large extent because of the crackdown of uh, the Communist Party on the tech shares and the fact that after COVID, there hasn't been a strong rebound from the consumer with the property market in China being a particular pain point. And most people's savings going into the property market in China, property is a way for people to save. A lot of properties are bought not with debt, but with excess cash. And uh, that has put enormous pressure on the consumer. Plus then the big IT companies also being under pressure, and that has been a toxic cocktail for China. So for our market, being quite reliant on China, not just from commodities, but if you think of Tencent and the look through a knock-on of the Tencent valuation to process and um when China sneezes, we certainly are, are a bit colder than what we used to be. We don't quite yet get a cold like we do in terms of the US, and what uh, happens uh, as a consequence of that economy. But we are affected when China slows down, and China has been slowing down for the last year to 18 months, so it's been hurting us.
0: Yeah. Um, quite interesting, though, that the IMF actually came out today uh, saying that they're raising their growth forecast for China's uh, GDP this year to 5.4%. But, of course, we still do see with those um, more detailed data points that the recovery is uneven. So it's going to be quite interesting to see uh, more of this economic data coming out of China as we head towards year end. Um, just as we we're talking about uh, resources, uh, there is a question here uh, on... Um, Well, actually, not resources. Um, I tend to confuse sometimes African Rainbow Capital and African Rainbow Minerals. The other side of it, not minerals, but capital. (laughs) Um, There's a question here. I bought shares in African Rainbow Capital about two years ago, and the share price hasn't really gone anywhere. I like the holdings they have, such as Rain, Time Bank, and the other shares in the portfolio are exciting. Based on the management's uh, valuations of their holdings, the share is dirt cheap. Would now be a good time to uh, buy big into the share um, and hold for a long-term outlook. Uh, Greg, uh, would you be buying African Rainbow Capital? Do you think that it is very cheap and that you would be passing up a great opportunity by not nibbling into the stock?
1: Yeah, so I don't particularly follow the stock uh, in terms of because the market cap is smaller than the companies that I normally look at. But I'll say one thing, that there is a big discrepancy between the, the share price trades and the director's valuations. So sometimes it implies that you have to put a lot of faith in uh, the director's valuation if you believe that. But uh, generally, you know, um the market is is pretty good it doesn't always get it right but generally it's quite good at pricing um stocks and uh obviously you get opportunities we win at but i i you know i haven't followed the underlying holding sufficiently enough to give an opinion of yeah. whether it's now a good buy
0: yeah I mean yeah and that's the thing because the uh, underlying holdings are not listed so there's a certain level of trust that you have to apply in terms of uh where these companies are uh, evaluated. Uh, JP your take on uh, African Rainbow Capital because it does have some very very interesting uh, companies uh, inside it.
2: Yes look, look using the measurement the valuation of the direct the directors valuation versus the share price. Yeah. Uh, it is trading at a significant discount i think last time i looked over 40 percent but a lot of investment building companies are trading at those types of discounts mm. if you think about rem grow especially after the take of MediClinic, if you think about hci if you put a specific valuation on the impact oil and gas business if you think about brimstone um, there are a number of investment building companies that are trading at significant discounts to nav Now, part of it is because, as Greg correctly said, that NAV maybe needs some adjustment because it's a director's valuation and maybe uh, individuals who analyze the company might need a greater discount to what the valuation is, according to the directors. But then um, secondly, you need to think about the change in that valuation from one year to the next. If something trades at a 40 percent discount to NAV, but that NAV is going to stay static for the next 10 years, then you wouldn't expect that discount to narrow. And if I look at the different companies within the different investment holding companies, I think the most exciting one is still HCI with impact oil and gas in there and uh, uh, Chogo and some gaming and hotel assets. Um, So that would be my preference in the investment holding company space. But African Roma Capital is not too far uh, uh, behind that with uh, RAIN, Time Bank and a few others. So it is one to definitely have a look at and if that discount really uh, blows out significantly as it did i think it was roughly um maybe 18 months ago then it's an opportunity to pick it up and it might narrow a bit and your nav hopefully grows strongly from one year to the next
0: yeah. i mean this is a very uh, interesting um, i guess direction uh, of the conversation um because do, do investors now look more to uh, investment holding companies that have unlisted investments uh, or ones that still do have listed investments. I mean, Greg, which direction would you be going in here? In terms of which uh, if, if, going, if, if you're going to look at uh, investment holding companies, would you rather go for these ones that have, um, you know, unlisted uh, companies in their portfolios where you rely on the director's valuation or do you go for ones that do still have exposure to some listed companies? Are there actually uh, any investment uh, well, holding companies that are still exposed yep. to listed companies?
1: Personally, I'd go for those that have unlisted companies because if you're buying a company that has got a lot of listed stakes, you can yeah. buy the, the investment directly. So it's, uh, as Jean-Pierre said, it's all about the director's valuation, you know. And um, But uh, I still think that if you're looking, uh, you know, for upside, um, you would want companies that have unlisted investments that have got potential, but the whole thing is... How do you realize that potential? Because as he correctly says, that these um, investment holding companies traditionally trade at a discount and it's closing that gap is the key. Mm,
0: Yeah, very, very uh, interesting uh, one to look at there. Uh, There is a question, uh, JP, coming to you uh, on uh, Richemont. Uh, Take up the warrant or not? Looks like a sure bet.
2: Yes, yeah, so um, Richmond issued these uh, loyalty warrants um, It was shortly after COVID to sort of entice the shareholders uh, to stay in and stay loyal uh, with Richmond, stay in the shareholders. So instead of getting a dividend, you got a Richmond warrant, which you mm. could then exercise and get more Richmond shares. Now, with Richmond being primarily listed in Switzerland, the Richmond warrant also references the Swiss share price. And I think the exercise price is 67 swiss francs and it's trading significantly above that so there is intrinsic value in the warrant now the important thing is i see richmond has even put some ads in newspapers it's not an automatic conversion or exercise so if you hold these richmond warrants in your account you need to instruct your broker to exercise them because they have value and if you don't exercise them then uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna expire worthless so make sure to exercise your warrants it means that you'll need to stump up some cash to get more Richmond shares, but you'll be getting those Richmond shares at a significant discount. And uh, make sure you do that before the deadline, which I think is in about a week or two's time. Um, but don't don't wait too long. Get in touch with your broker. And make sure you exercise your rights in terms of the Richmond warrants.
0: Yeah, uh, all right. And I mean, just before we go to, into a quick break, of course, just Richmond as an investment case. Uh, Greg, um, would you be going into Richmond at this point or not?
1: well it's certainly more attractive now than it was a couple of months yeah. ago when the price was trading much higher but then the chairman of richmond uh, issued a statement saying that um, you know inflation was causing them a problem and then uh, lvmh as well came out saying that you know the chinese were not um traveling as much and then you might have seen um, the uh, very poor results out of estee lauder because of china So um, the the price, share price has come down quite considerably. For me, it looks quite attractive. I do believe that this is a quality company. They've got a lot of cash on the balance sheet. But I do believe over time that uh, China, I don't you said the IMF talking about 5.4% GDP growth. Well, I think they'll struggle to get five, but they'll probably just manage it. But they are, um, you know, introducing another $137 billion dollars of stimulus for infrastructure and that but as the chinese start to travel more and more i think that will um certainly benefit all the luxury goods companies but they've had a good run they've come back but uh, i've always found it a good thing that when you have a quality company and the share price is down considerably it's always uh, a good thing to buy them at the lower levels and i think if you take a couple of you richmond uh, you'll do very well on it
0: Uh, More questions, gents. Uh, There's a question here on uh, Supergroup. Uh, JP, coming to you. Uh, An opportune time for a buy on Supergroup?
2: Supergroup has been on uh, my buy list or my inbox of interesting companies to look at a bit closer for a while now. Uh, The valuations has been reasonable for for a few months. Uh, The local South African operations in logistics and motor vehicle retail um, seems to be steady and then they've got a significant stake in uh, the australian uh, fleet management business which is um uh, a significant business in australia and if you add back that valuation because it's listed in australia into supergroup then the rest of the business is trading at a very low multiple plus they made some acquisitions in the uk and that also seems to be performing quite steadily um, so if you put all of that together on a sum of the parts basis, maybe Supergroup should also be looked at as investment holding companies. So maybe you should do mm. a, a decent discount to the sum of the parts as we do see the markets apportioning serious discounts to investment holding companies to the underlying parts. But I still get a valuation significantly above the current share price. So they might be concerned because of a lot of money that they made uh, roughly a year ago with transporting coal. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure now on the transport of coal because uh, of the coal price being down. So, you know, you don't need to get your coal to the ports as quickly anymore. Maybe you try rail again rather than the Supergroup-related trucking of coal through SG Coal. But I still like Supergroup. So, yes, I do think it's a decent opportunity. Yeah.
0: Um, just before I get to uh, you, Greg, on the next question, sticking with you, JP, on Supergroup, um, would you look at Supergroup as kind of uh Rand hedge kind of kind of uh, stock exposure at this point
2: it, it's fascinating if you lo- look at the last say five to seven years Supergroup has gone from a south african industrial company to one where the majority of the profits are actually generated in non-rand currencies so yes it hasn't been a rand hedge historically but it mm. is one today
0: ah uh, all right well coming back to rand companies um uh, greg uh, pick and pay um Yeah. Is it time to take a punt on pick and pay or not?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, when you say a punt, uh, what is your time horizon? (laughs) So I think, um, you know, the company has certainly been, it's had its lunch eaten by ShopRite. We'll see whether Mr. Summers can turn it around. They've got a big um, task ahead of them. They need to increase their, their margins but generally i like to look for the strongest companies in a sector so if i was going into the food sector I'd be buying uh, ShopRite. So, but I think over time, um, you know, given his track record when he was previously at Pick and Pay, one must give him the benefit of the doubt. So at these levels, the share price has come off quite considerably. So But I think it will take some time. You'll need to see the next couple of sets of results to see whether the turnaround program is uh, working. But if one was to put money into the sector, I would prefer to go to sh- for ShopRite.
0: Uh, Greg, sticking with you, if you just had spare money, though, would you be going into a, a pick and pay? You know, not money for school fees or anything like that, but just spare money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there's probably other better opportunities, I think, if one had money right now to <laughs> invest.
0: <laughs> ha, all right. Well, um The question was actually, uh, time to take a punt on pick and pay or park safely in ASML. So, JP, what would you be doing with your money at this point?
2: (laughs) Well, I don't think ASML is necessarily a place to safely park your money. It's a high-growth stock. It's a leader in the semiconductor industry. It's uh, listed in Amsterdam. It's a huge company, one of the biggest companies in Europe. And because it's so involved in technology, yes, it is the leader when it comes to um, you know, the, the, the etching of uh, silicon conductors with um, ultraviolet wavelength light. Uh, but technology changes, and no one is expecting anyone else to catch up to ASML soon, but never say never, because previously there were other leaders in the semiconductor industry, like Intel, and people caught up with them. So uh, I would just say that I don't think ASML necessarily is always safe. The share price has been under pressure and then rebounded, I think, the last two, three months or so. So I would say it's reasonably priced at the moment, but it's a very different proposition to pick and pay. It's a high growth company, some technological risk, but it's a leader, a world leader in this industry. So I probably would sleep safer with money in ASML currently than I would with money in pick and pay.
0: Ah, all right. Well, talking about uh, safe um, and as we were talking about investment holding companies, there's a question that just came through. Panel's view on berkshire hathaway greg
1: well look this is a quality stock mr buffett he's uh, a multi-billionaire from this but <clears throat> berkshire has um a lot of uh, uh listed underlying listed uh things their biggest holding is apple they've made something like 150 billion dollars profit on their apple stake but um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bellwether stock It's uh, um, in all the financial indexes in the US It represents the largest uh, holding So you can buy the underlying But uh, for uh, Mr. Buffett's expertise it's, uh, it's been a pretty good stock for investors
0: Yeah um, JP, is this just one of those stocks where the runway just doesn't run out?
2: It has a very long runway, and I would say a relatively smooth, a solid runway. So this is one where you can put money in, and it is relatively safe. Yeah. Um, Even if and when Mr. Buffett moves on, the quality of the online portfolio is extremely good. And the valuation is fair, I would say. They came out with quarterly results uh, in the past week. They were okay, um, but uh, clearly also there's been some selling of listed shares, Uh, But not so much Apple. Apple is still dwarfing the listed share portfolio. Something like 40% of the listed portfolio of Berkshire Hathaway is Apple. So you need to keep your eye on Apple, and Apple needs to keep its eye on China. That's the biggest market for Apple. So there's another connection with China. So if you're buying into Berkshire Hathaway, you've got some decent China exposure as well. So Uh I like it at the current price, and it's one that, uh, yes, over the long term has been decent and will probably continue to be a decent investment.
0: Ah. Well, talking about companies uh, keeping their eye on uh, specific regions, uh, MTN needing to keep its eye on Nigeria. um, It came out with its uh, uh, third quarter trading update uh, for the overall company today. And seeming that investors are still dumping the stock um, even after the heavy selling that we saw after they uh, released the uh, Nigeria third quarter update last week or a week and a half ago. Um, Greg, uh, MTN at this point, um, do you take advantage of the heavy selling or is there a significant reason why it is here that you should be cautious of?
1: Well, I don't look there. A number of obviously the, anyone with investments in, in Nigeria, it's challenging because of the Forex uh, business. But they've had to spend a lot of money on um uh upgrading their sites, you know, because for the batteries, generators, uh renew- and, and security. So um the the load shedding, the power cuts have certainly affected Um, the company so you know they they've um, they've spent 10 billion in capital expenditure in the last uh, year but they're also uh, spending 1.9 billion in increasing their uh, spectrum but uh, it hasn't you know South Africa's economic problems haven't helped uh, as a background for for the company but they've got 36 million customers and um, but I'm concerned you know where the i think the growth days of telecommunication companies like this might might be over and they're becoming more like a utility and good income providers you know
0: yeah all right uh gents before we get to your stock picks uh there's a question that just came in i think i think JP, you might look at the stock ca sales um maybe not deeply but yeah holding for uh five years
2: Yes, I quite like it. So it's a distribution company that distributes um, fast moving consumer goods uh, into Africa, uh, significantly into Botswana and into the rest of Africa as well. Um, I like the business. It was unbundled um, effectively out of PSG and moved their primary listing from Cape Town Stock Exchange to the JSE uh, earlier this year. And I think it's one for the bottom draw, a steady business uh, as they get more product to distribute across Africa. You get that benefits of scale, which is very important for a distribution business. So uh, I like it. Decent management team as well. So, yes.
0: Uh, all right. Well, let's get to your stock picks for today. Uh, gents, uh, Greg, what are you hanging your hat on today?
1: Well, I'm still a big fan of Anglo-American uh, PLC. Um, I mean, given what's happening with the commodity complex, it seems a strange choice. But I think that uh, I'm looking uh, in the medium and longer term. Uh, The company is pretty diversified. Um, You know, it's got precious metals, it's got diamonds, but it's got copper as well. Copper is going to be very important in the green revolution um, and uh, trillions of dollars will have to be uh, pumped into, um, you know, move the world towards uh, uh, green electricity and things like that. So I think, uh, we, you know, copper over the next five, ten years will, um, the price will move up quite considerably. Anglo is very big in, in copper as well. And then, of course, they've got iron ore and you've seen the iron ore price Despite what's happening in China the iron ore price is not telling you that it's telling you a different story that At some stage the Chinese government have to give in and if they're looking at this 5% growth They will have to stimulate the economy and recently as I said they've announced a 137 billion dollar Program that will focus on you know infrastructure and rebuilding areas that were Hit by the floods. And I think that over time, with the combination of the Green Revolution, and over time, as the world comes out of its funk, and as the Americans, whether they go into recession or not, but if they get a slow, um, you know, if they get a, a soft landing, and as the world moves past the era of uh, this volatility that has been brought about by the massive rise in interest rates, then I think the commodity complex will improve and Anglo will be a big beneficiary of that. You know, they trade uh, at a reasonable valuation, 3.8 times EB to EBITDA. They've got a 5% uh, dividend yield and about a 6% cap free cash flow. So all in all, uh, I like Anglo very much. Uh, all
0: right. What are you liking today, JP?
1: I'm liking Abvi.
2: It's a large pharmaceutical company listed in the U.S. they unbundled, I think it was roughly seven years ago, out of Abbott. And their claim to fame is the drug Yumeirah. Yumeirah is the best-selling drug ever. It's an immunology drug. Uh, but the bad news is it's coming to the end of its patent life. Uh, AbbVie have, therefore, the last few years made a lot of acquisitions, bought other drugs, and also bought, um, effectively, Botox. So they've got a selection of drugs to take over from Yumeirah that will probably shrink in terms of profitability very soon. But this other collection of drugs in kidney disease and, uh, like I say, Botox as well, yeah. uh, it will uh, mean that AbbVie can hopefully still grow their profits. And at the starting valuation, it means that I see value in AbbVie shares.
0: Well, thank you so much for that plug. Now we know where to go. JP. <laughs> that's all for Stockwatch
2: this evening. I have not used boat locks <laughs>
0: before. I just want to say that. Not, <laughs> not yet. Not <laughs> yet. I feel like I might need it by the end of this week. Thank you so much for your time, JP. And also, Greg, uh, Stockwatch uh, this evening is done. Thanks to our guest, Greg uh, Ellen Bogan from Sunlam Investments and Jean-Pierre Fristat from Protea Capital Management. Coming up next, The Close. Stay with us. <laughs>